Hey everyone, welcome back to NGOG, New Girl, Old Guy, for Season 1, Episode 3. I am neither the new girl nor the old guy. My name is Allie Lasher, and I am joined by the titular old guy, Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? I still like the word eponymous better. I don't know. That was a great... In- I was feeling good about that intro I just did. No, it was very good. It was very good. I just don't know titular or eponymous. What's better? I don't know. Reddit but... poll this week? I mean, uh, Twitter <laughs> poll this week? Wow. Reddit's really living rent-free in your head. Yeah. Uh, no, Reddit polls are lame. You have to like go and click four different things. No, it's a Twitter polls. The way to go. I hear Reddit's lame in general. But anyway, we have some corrections from we some old business. Let's say from last from last week. Uh-oh. One of the main things is that we were riffing on like no one's joined us. Like we don't even need to say who we are. We can make all of these inside jokes. Everyone knows us who's here, and we found out that that is not the case. Yeah, we got multiple messages from people saying, hey, I was just searching iTunes or whatever for a new girl podcast, and I found you guys, and, and I like it. And that's just people like reaching out via DM or adding us on... By the way, if you are that person, you should do it. You could maybe gain a couple followers on Twitter, because whoever did that got like 30, 40 likes on that one. <laughs> You're obsessed. For people who don't know Akiva, he's obsessed with internet oh, validation. Oh, no. That's not true. <laughs> If it's I was, so I would. If I was, I would. I would leave the internet. I don't get a lot of validation. We went. We went back in the archives and found sort of like the evolution of our internet friendship, and it started with a conversation about your obsession with internet validation. No. So here we are, years later, and no change, no growth. I, I, there's been plenty of growth. I, yeah, <laughs> you're talking about that like five years ago. You tweeted, how come I have more followers on no, Twitter than Akiva? No, it's because you complained. I was responding. You had an appearance on the voicemails. I've been a long time Akiva stan. Actually, I used to be an Akiva stan. Probably not anymore. <laughs> it's like it's all gone downhill. But well, uh, you have to explain what the voicemails are even. People don't I'm even sorry. know what so that is. So he was on another podcast. And I yeah. really liked Akiva from this his appearances on this other podcast. But I still refused to listen to the main podcast he was doing at the time, which was the Seinfeld recap. Your favorite show of all time. Podcast, my favorite show of all time. And uh, and he was complaining and he was for a long time the only contributor, the the contributor with the least amount of followers. And I I still think that's egregious. I certainly thought it was egregious then. So I I posted that it's a crime that I have more followers than you now. Now that you know me, of course I didn't mean that. I no. definitely deserve to have more followers than you, but I just sure. also thought you should have a lot of followers. Like you should have two million and I should have one. That's what you're saying. No, we should both have two million. We share together. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Um, but okay, so that's one thing. So thank you to the new listeners. I think we're going to try to uh, keep our rest together, <laughs> to not go off on uh, Ali and Keeve mess arounds, which uh, Keeve doesn't understand yet, but he soon will. Um, and we will, so let us know if you need something explained, please. Cause we're really happy you're here. I think Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz was like, oh, it's family only. Are you going to close yourself down for new listeners? Which was famously an Akeev and Rob thing from the Seinfeld podcast, mm-hmm. no new listeners, which I think is very on brand for me. So I would love to join that, but maybe we give the whole first season, tell yeah. your friends, bring new people, search us on Google. And then when we get to the end of the first season, we shut it down. Season two, episode one. That's it. Doors closed. No new friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, what I'm. I'm think? with you there. 
No, I think it's a very good idea. We have we, but we also have six months. That means to sort of build an audience before we close ourselves out at you know a very small amount of people, possibly. Yeah, I think that's the right amount of exclusivity. It's like we're very, we will be so welcoming and friendly if you tweeted us anything until season two, episode one, and then I will keep an, a Chester-style Excel spreadsheet. Chester, who I will introduce as a listener of NGOG, mm-hmm. that I think is his only credit. Yes. And uh, I will keep a spreadsheet of everyone who's been listening from the beginning, and if you're not on it, you're out. Okay, So congrats fine. to you guys now being here on the ground floor. Uh, yeah, and that's when we go Patreon only, cause you're, but, but it's free. You just have to that's prove free. that you've listened to it beforehand. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. This is, a, this is the way to market podcasts. More people should should listen to this strategy yes podcasts should be exclusive they should not be one of the nice things people say about podcasts is that they're free anyone could start one basically for free uh maybe you buy a mic but other than that you know the barrier entry is is near zero uh but we're trying to bring it back to exclusivity where only people only certain people can listen to certain shows that's what we're going to try and make make podcasts into like serious satellite radio or something that's how we live our, our lives. Our, that's what really brings us together and unites us. In the center of our Venn diagram, the Ali and Key Venn diagram, is no new friends. Maybe no mm-hmm. friends at all. But Except well, for right, each other. <laughs> well, mm, not even then. Let, let, I have some other old business. And then okay. I think you have some proposed. We, we both have come to the table today with mm-hmm. some new segment ideas. Is that correct? Uh, or, just, or just general thoughts. I would say more new than ideas. Segment. We'll yeah. take segment out of it. New ideas, baby. We're rocking and rolling. Uh, always reinventing ourselves. But thank you. I want to thank Grace and Leah for sending me. Both of them sent me a layout of the loft to aid in my confusion. Apparently, it's it's not that confusing, the layout of the loft. So now, hopefully, I'll be on board. But it did spark a deep dive into the real building. So this is actually the outside of the apartment building is a real building in L.A. That is like a loft style apartment building and i like did a little click around and the only building that would the only uh room that was available was a studio so it's not clear to me if they have uh four bedroom lofts or if this is just uh studios i almost called to inquire and then i was like that's not really our vibe here like i don't think i need to be calling apartment buildings to ask about the rent and the neighborhood uh so that's all I have to report is that I thought about doing work. I'm and impressed that you even it. thought about it. Honestly, the effort, the, just you. the idea there is so much effort. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, we're not like NPR. I don't think we need to make calls about how much the apartment would have cost. We could speculate. We could have maybe an L.A. real estate expert come on and, and tell us that in like season four. Well, I'll leave it to you to be like, uh, we need a guest and as opposed to a phone call. I think the phone call would be less effort than having a real estate We'll call expert. them live on air, but not until, <laughs> not until like season three or four. All right, so I, I have a new, a new segment I'd like to open the show with, unless you have what do you what's the order of operations here? Do you have a thought? Well, you so you're share saying the, the show has not started yet, and you're going to open it now with a segment. Sorry, the episode. Like if we're going to get to the episode, unless you have more. It's too old soon business. to get to the episode. All right, do you, you already have mentioned any- New Girl just by saying that you were going to call up the apartment building and the layout of the of the building. What do you want to talk about, Akiva? You want to do a little, a little back and forth? What, what do you? What no, do you no, we could get, we could actually get into the episode. I'm just messing. Okay. With you. Um. So, again, I've been listening to a lot of recap podcasts, trying to get better. I have, 
I have learned that I have no business talking about a scripted television show. I barely have business talking about the challenge, but at least I'm an early adopter. I've been there for a long time. Here, it's like I'm way out of my depth. So I've been trying, you know, to pull my weight here. And the, the only way to, uh, to make up for my own lack of knowledge about television is to do research. That I am good at. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. I have to put in a plug for Hannah Shapiro's fabulous Parks and Rec recap podcast, uh, Pawnee Radio, which is, I've listened to seven, ep- seven episodes in one night. It was fabulous. I'm, the other one dropped today. I'm very excited. So check that out. But all of these podcasts I listen to, what they have in common is they open with a summary of the show. And I think that would be helpful because we have some people who are not watching along or might just like not know by the episode title. I don't know if I said it. It's the wedding episode three. But it wouldn't really be our style to like read a Netflix summary or God forbid, write a summary in advance. I think, and I don't think you're going to remember week to week, I'm going to just spring it on you, Akiva. Could you, from your memory, give us a summary of this episode? Sure. Okay, so this episode is called Wedding. It takes place outside of the first and last scene uh, entirely at a wedding of their friend. Uh, I will say, the friend... Not really part of the episode at all. Does not even have a speaking role. The bride and groom are. We see more of a cardboard cutout of them getting <laughs> kicked over than we do hear from them. I do, like. There is no effort made to establish why an entire crew of people, right? A crew of three friends. I don't know where Coach is, but he's not at this wedding, right? Ostensibly, he was their best friend two weeks ago. Um, and and now uh, a guy gets a plus one. With who he, whom he's known, uh, let's assume for a month at this point, maybe two months, maybe we fast-forwarded, you know, a few weeks between the first episode and the second one and the second and the third. He gets a plus one, like, right before the event. So clearly it has to be a good friend, right, for someone to have a plus one of someone they just started dating. Unless maybe this was Caroline's plus one that he broke up with, and now he's just flipping who he invited to the wedding from Caroline to Jess. The, uh, Nick, that is. So, yeah, they go, basically, but long story short, they go to a wedding, uh, they uh, have a good time. They run into an ex. They run into an ex wedding, like a regular wedding fling played by Natasha Leone. And um, the waitress uh, from Always Sunny is, the again, the ex-Caroline. I don't know if this is the last time we're going to see her or not. And, um, yeah, and, and Jess gets all goofy. That's uh, Wedding, Episode 3, Season 1 of the television show New Girl. You know, it's like sometimes you have ideas. They don't always work. You throw them out there. It's a little mm-hmm. nerve-wracking. That was exactly when is it better than I had ever expected. So All thank right. you. I'm so, so happy. I'm going to spring the Akiva summary on you when you least expect it at the top of every I'll episode. do every, I'll do it every week. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, could, could we talk? Could we talk about like the because this whole episode is the wedding. So we could really get straight into the wedding. Jess, like there's one scene where Jess is talking about what to what to. Actually, that that has the funny stroke of the episode, the first scene, right? Uh, what that she he, she looks like a, a slut, slut. Like what? What was the funny stroke like, to you? He, he, when he said, uh, "Who let the slut out of the slut house?" That is what I, I was kidding when when I pulled that as what you thought was the funniest joke of the episode. Can I can I make a um, sort of let me give a little bit of advice to parents out there? Hypothetically, if you're taking notes, um, you know, on a podcast, anything you're doing. And, like, your first note in uh, an email that you just write to yourself, an email draft every week is, who let the slut out of the slut house? And then you just leave your computer for an hour, and then your daughter is like, 
why does you why does your computer say like who let the slut out of the slut house um and then you're just like oh that's for Allie for later like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> who's Allie? do your kids know me by name now no my kids don't know who you are my oh, wife that's my wife we we had a whole uh talk about you at um our uh anniversary dinner nothing makes me more uncomfortable than that <laughs> sentence yeah no we well i had to like explain that because i was explaining that i'm starting a new podcast does, does do you want to adopt me i'll move to israel you you i mean i would like to adopt you but you also are gonna have to like pay some of our bills at that point that's the problem and i, I, I feel have like to it's... bring my mom you'd also kind of have to adopt my mom i don't know if, how that works so. oh yeah we could adopt we could for sure adopt the jude i would definitely be into that over me so she doesn't have to pay bills you adopt her no, no payment necessary I mean, is she could she like uh, clean? Could Cleaner she like than me. help my wife tidy up the house? Because my wife has like four kids to take care of, so sometimes we, you know, eh, she wouldn't be into it. She, she's a she's a mom who likes her own kids, but doesn't like other people's kids. Like if you listen to the um, Thirty Two Fans Patreon podcast I just did with uh, Alex Chester and Jared Jerome, mm-hmm. and I requested that Alex bring his three week old baby onto the Zoom call, and I. I pretty much they had to put the baby away because I was just exploding over the baby. My mom like could ca- care less. So like she I don't think would be entertained by your kids. It's interesting because I think the average person who knows you would not think you are a baby freak like that. You love you see, babies. You said that to me before. And mm-hmm. it's like it's the same thing when Rob Sesternino said I don't seem like I would bake. I don't think yeah. you should be saying that because what you're basically saying is I don't seem domestic or like a t- an ideal woman. Mm-hmm. Like a, I like, think to, you would to like to kids, me, but not but not um no, I see Rob was wrong. I I do think you would bake. I just I I would not have said that. I I by the way, I don't think you're a kid hater. I think we have friends who are like openly kid haters. I don't think you're that at all. I think you I just wouldn't have thought you're like, ooh, I really care about that baby. A few months ago, I was you said something about one of my kids. I'm like, oh, do you know all four of their names? And you said, who cares? Well, I, I well, <laughs> I actually forget one of them. I know. Well, do you want me to I was going to say like it could be private, but you've said this is no, a much smaller could, audience than you've put yeah, your on. Yeah, on this podcast, you could you could say their addresses. I don't So care. I know the legend Noam, who I would love to get as a guest, I think for New Girl. Okay. Adira also guest. Ella mm-hmm. was already on. Yeah, she was on last week. And then you have a son whose name I can never... Oh, no, no. Like Yaakov or something? Is it Jacob? Close. Uh, Yosef. Yosef. I knew it was yeah. a, a YJ it, name. Well, I mean, Yosef is Jacob's son in the Bible. So his favorite son, possibly. Wow. No love for Esau. How do you like that's his that bro- that's his. That's his brother. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on. Um in our effort to stay on topic, we ended up mm-hmm. talking about whether or not I like babies. You're right, though. I do like kids. I am. I like to talk. My One of my favorite activities, like if I ever met Noam, I would like have a conversation with him like I was talking to you. I love talking to little kids like they're adults. Not yeah. in an inappropriate way, but it's very so funny. So don't do to baby serious, voice. To have a very serious conversation mm-hmm. with like a six-year-old kid is hysterical to me. I agree. I think that's a good take. I agree. All right. So... I, I do want to talk in terms of the funniest line. I think my favorite line was later, and we'll talk. You already great did a great job of introducing. Uh, actually, you didn't introduce Brooke in your summary, but that's okay. It's a college crush of Schmidt's, who's also at this wedding, and and we'll break down why they're there. But uh, she used to like pass out on their porch, drunk every night, and I like Schmidt says I used to leave water out for her like a cat, <laughs> and that made me laugh. 
She doesn't really know who he is, though, right? They weren't, like, friends or anything. Well, we'll break that down, because that's huge. We get a lot of critical... I still feel like, especially watching this with a closer eye than I do when I just watch it mm-hmm. for, on my own time, there's a lot of setup happening. And I think what's going to be exciting as we move forward, especially this is maybe the first episode where we get actual information, not yes. just introductions. And I can point out to you sort of what's critical throughout, although you probably have figured out on your own. Um, but so I do kind of want to try to take this beat by beat as much as we can. Let's take a question from Alex Chester. Why are all these people at the same wedding together? Mm-hmm. What common thread is there that ties Nick and Schmidt and Winston and Caroline and Brooke and Gretchen? That's a t-shirt. Like the Nick, Ampersand, Schmidt, Ampersand, Winston. Yes. Um, do you have, like, what did you gather from this? What pieces could you put together? I, I mean, I'm, we're almost like intuiting it. I don't think that it's given in the in the episode at all. I, it, it, I think they just said like, oh, it's a college friend or something. I think they're, did they all go to college together, first of all, all three guys? So Winston and Nick went to college together because we get that when he says, oh, like he was obsessed with her freshman year, since freshman year. Mm-hmm. So like Nick and Schmidt established, went to college together. You just said Winston and Nick. Before. I'm sorry, Nick and Schmidt. Okay, fine. And Winston did not. Okay. Maybe it was, uh, all right. Um, so I I think that maybe all three of them are good friends with this guy. They're not, uh, well, I mean, Winston's good enough friends that he's an usher, right? So he's like a top 10, top 15 level friend at that point, right? Now I'm really being self-conscious that maybe Winston also did, but I really didn't think he did. So I'm going to be looking that up. Um, that to me is the hole here. I know how Winston knows the guys. That has not been discussed yet. Although I feel like I could tell you that without spoil. It's not, that's not a major plot point, how they know each other. That's, that's the one thing we have to really iron out between us for this podcast is like, what can I just clear up for you and what can I not? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... Nick and Schmidt know, I think, the groom from college, maybe both of them from college. How is Winston's friend jumping to being a more important role than Nick and Schmidt? I mean, it's possible, like, that they've known each other for so long at this point. Maybe Winston has, has, like you said, friend jumped him. I don't think that's the craziest thing in the world. I think the choice to, like, not make the bride and groom part of the episode at all is a strange choice, honestly. Like we could have, we could have gotten. I don't know. They could have been like minor characters. Like you didn't feel like you're at a wedding. It was, it, it was like a little bit like I don't know. It was more like a night at the bar that just happened to be at a wedding. There was, it didn't feel very weddingy. Other, the only scene that's like, hey, there's a wedding going on, is really after the uh, usher off, is um, is when Jess is awkwardly about to leave and, and the bride and groom make their first uh, appearance at the first dance. Well, have you ever yeah. been to a wedding where you don't know the bride or groom? Oh, a million times. We remember I, Ali, I got married at twenty. For people who don't know, and which means I went to double weddings my whole life because I was really the first or second of all my friends who got married. And we were young, so like when you're also when you're twenty, you get invited to like every wedding from college, and your high school friends are still inviting you to their weddings. So I went to like double an extraordinary amount of weddings because my wife said too. There was weddings I like. Uh, there was weddings I was at where I didn't know, like, the bride or groom's name. Right. So, to me, this feels very from the perspective of Jess, who is there as a plus one, and she doesn't know the bride or groom. Like, like that's – I don't know if that was intentional, but that was the attitude. It's like, this is sort of from – it's not from Jess's perspective, but it feels awkward. We don't know the bride or groom either. We mm-hmm. don't really know how they're related to them. We see them in the most awkward moment, which even if you're not – as awkward as Jess is, it's still awkward when you greet the bride and groom at their wedding and you meet them for the first time. So, like, 
to me, it had the right, like, sort of awkward, on-edge tone throughout the entire wedding of a wedding where you don't know anyone. Okay, all right. I, 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 your point is taken. I think that's fair. Where, like, you're seeing it through the prism of Jess, who really doesn't know the bride and groom. And, and then you see, like, if you don't know the bride and groom, it's even more embarrassing when she does the uh, super cringy, you know, uh, uh, getting caught. Uh, that's, uh, I feel like that's happened to, not to me exactly, but I, I've accidentally run into, like, the bride or groom a bunch of times. I, I've told the story on a podcast before that I was at a mer- mer- one of my wife's family members, like a third cousin, though, like w- wedding that I, I didn't know who they were. And it was during a playoff Sunday, football playoffs. And it, I was too early in the marriage to realize that I just like what like nowadays I just wouldn't go because I'm not a good person. But then I thought like, oh, I have to be there. And I missed the Patriots Colts Tom Brady Peyton Manning playoff game. But I brought it was pretty smartphone because I'm old. So I brought a radio and I was listening to the radio in the lobby. And all of a sudden I start getting people like bum rush me on this on not in the lobby in a, in a stairwell. And people bum rush me and the bride's father, who was very old had a heart attack at the wedding and now here I am like listening to the Patriots Colts game and there's a bunch of EMTs like trampling over me he ended up being fine but um yeah so that was that was the closest I've had to this where I was like all right this is awkward but anytime I try not to make eye contact with the bride or groom if I don't if I'm not if I don't know them it's like the most important day of their life I don't want to waste their time so Alex also wrote um can you, uh, if anyone ever actually acted at a wedding the way these people do, they would be despised by the bride forever. I mean, we don't know that they're not and would never be invited to another wedding again. When you're a guest at the wedding, it's not about you. Don't cause your own scene. And my response to this was like, it should not surprise you to know, uh, to know that my, um, my notes say like, oh, tell the story of when this basically happened. Um, so so yeah, Jess gets up and to give Jess and Caroline and uh, Nick and Caroline some alone time and gets like caught with the bride and groom in their entrance, which by the way is a big fear of mine. Like getting up at the wrong time mm-hmm. at a wedding is terrifying. Um, so I was dating someone and they were bringing me as a plus one to a wedding in, I forget where it was. It was somewhere we had to travel to like Connecticut, like we had to stay overnight mm-hmm. and we had a pretty long drive from New Jersey and we like hit a bunch of traffic and we were late. Then we had to go to the hotel to get ready and we couldn't get into our room. So we each had to like get ready in the single bathroom and it was just a disaster. And we were like very late to get to the ceremony mm-hmm. and we're like rushing, we're sweating, we're gross. And we get there. At, it, this was a non-Jewish wedding. It's at a church and we're walking into the church literally as the bride is at the aisle, like about Ooh. to like about to go. And they like her face, and I have never seen this woman in my life. I did not know her name. I still don't know her name, but mm. thank you for having me. You don't even know what state you were in. I don't even know what state I was in. I was state of shock, honestly. Yeah. And so uh, we like snuck in. It, like she waved to my boyfriend at the time. They like said a quick hello, and we were like, sorry, and like sat in the back. <laughs> and it was like, the, I think that's, I mean, it's less public than what happened to Jess. But I, it's a much more critical moment to have, like, Absolutely. stepped through the bride walking down the aisle. Much bigger than the first dance. Yeah, that's very cringy, I feel. But. <laughs> yeah, so that's me. And are you surprised at all? Absolutely not. No, that's pretty funny. But but you didn't really do anything wrong there, honestly. Well, we other were than late. you left too we late. We were late. The, I, and I, the, the, other, the flip side is that on, on the dance floor once, uh, I wear glasses and I'm essentially legally blind without my glasses. 
And uh, usually it's, it's funny because to my wedding and to some weddings I'll wear contacts, but those the, the only times in my life I've worn contacts are just to a few weddings. And um, someone accidentally knocked off my glasses during like a particularly rowdy like Jewish dance <laughs> on the dance floor, and we were not able to find them. We were never able to find them. Like even when the dancing stopped during speeches, whatever, no luck. My glasses, it's a very small dance floor, like a lovely place, could not find them. And then... And like is it was, a very small dance floor equal a lovely place? No, it, like that's it's, a, pl- a pro. No, it was it's it's a really nice place. It was one of the you know Orthodox weddings because like there's co- strict kosher restrictions. I feel like I went to weddings at only like eight ten places, even if we went to a hundred weddings. Like you go to the same places. So this was maybe the nicest of like the mainstream places, but for whatever reason they had a really small dance floor. So it should have been very easy to find the glasses. Um, and then so we like, but there was still so much going on that we never were able to like really look uh, the way you, you'd look for glasses, like if the room was empty. So we had to wait until the wedding was over. I borrowed my friend's wife's glasses. We ended up being a similar prescription. So I was able to like look around and we found the glasses well after the wedding was over. Um, and the bride, my friend, I, we were there because my friend was the groom and his he had already left with his wife. And my friend's parents were waiting to like literally like lock up the hall with uh, with like the cater or whatever. They were waiting for us at like one thirty in the morning, and we and my my wife found them. It was so awkward. They were, like imagine like the longest day of their life. I remember Mary saying, "Oh, they were having like conversations we should not be hearing right now." It was like very pertinent. It was nothing inappropriate. It was just like this is like the best day of their life. They just married off their oldest child, and we're and then now they're like waiting at two in the morning for me to find my freaking glasses on the dance floor. I'm just picturing you in women's frames like George Costanza, <laughs> like looking around for these while wearing your friend's wife's glasses. But sure, I look great. It's funny because Ben Taub said, does Akiva have any good wedding stories? So there you go. Uh, unclear, Ben, why you think I, I don't have any wedding. Do I not strike you as someone who would go to weddings? So I'm not a baker. I don't like babies. And mm. I've never been invited to a wedding. Thank you to the listeners. I really, that's on me. I have to evaluate how I'm coming across on mm-hmm. this podcast. Um, you, well, you're, I could say how old you are, right? Yeah, forty-two, and you no, you're twenty-nine, and I, I would you say more? The most of your friends are not married, right? Most of my friends are not married. However, I went to a number of my my brother is four years older than me, and mm-hmm. I went to a pretty big stretch of weddings that I was like in and invited to, of his friends, and then I have some of my own friends who have gotten married. So I've been to plenty of weddings. It's funny because I'm seven years older than you. But I've also been out of the wedding game for so many years. Like most of my friends were married by like 25, 26. So I'm like a decade out of the wedding game. I'll have like a wedding Uh, a year nowadays. That's that's okay. I like weddings, though. I feel like you don't like weddings. No, I love weddings, but I don't like certain parts. But I I like the food aspect of weddings. I like a really good uh, the, the Orthodox weddings have like this massive smorgasbord before the ceremony with just like all sorts of food. And that's my favorite part. That's that's really what people need to get going actually the great brian cohen who apparently listened to the first episode of the podcast which we said he would not do explain who uh, brian cohen is my co-host on the challenge or hapa podcast Mm -hmm. and uh i went to his wedding last year really got it in under the wire last fall that's right um and got in a a honeymoon to australia and then the fires happened then the pandemic so he really got got everything in there you were you were the 53rd man on the 53 man roster at that wedding and that's fine. Yeah. Um, 
but but he had champagne prior to the ceremony. Yeah. And that's a move, baby. Get your guests drinking before the ceremony. I was like, note to self, great idea. I've never seen that before. And I'm saying this because Matt Stewart, we have a Matt Stewart special this week. Uh, and he said, what's the best wedding you've been to as someone who's planning a wedding? I'll take the tip. I'll take all the tips for a great wedding. I have only been to a couple bad weddings. Maybe two come to mind. Ooh. All of them Call them out. Into. Call out your friends right now. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but so I'll just put, pick and choose a couple things from weddings that were great. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my biggest recommendation. Little champers before the ceremony. Beautiful. Yeah, my friend Rafi had, uh, they handed out cold beers as you walked into the ceremony. Orthodox weddings have a full hour to an hour and a half before the before they walk down the aisle. So like that's I said, they, they have, have that whole food thing and then they have the... They have a whole, like, uh, the bride's doing something and the groom's doing something in separate rooms. There's a couple sort of minor things that are taking oh, place. The deck in action? The deck in action, absolutely. Um, I know you, you know. You like but that? No, I'm impressed you know <laughs> that. I'm not shocked, but the listeners won't know what that is. But then, um, yeah, so... You're here, not bringing an Orthodox crowd? You don't think you bring an Orthodox crowd to this podcast? I'm sure there are some Orthodox people, but I, I wish... So, yes, we ha- like, I've been at weddings where there were cold beers, which is wonderful, my my thing is I'll sit next to a couple friends. A lot of times at Orthodox weddings, like the men are on one side, the women are on another side. So I'll sit. I, so I, I so I'm doing this outside the purview of my wife, and uh, we will gamble on every aspect of the wedding. How long the ceremony is going to take? Like over under fifteen minutes, forty five seconds. We'll like put money in a hat. Uh, how many people are going to walk down the aisle? The the wedding I lost my glasses at had forty six. I think is the all time record. Um. The so you know that you'll get some gambling in, but I do wish we would normalize eating food. Like if you could have a, like some snacks, I wouldn't mind if the ceremony was forty minutes because you could get stuck in a long ceremony. A rabbi could give a speech or something, or a priest, whatever, uh, and it could be pretty brutal. So I think if we normalized eating, and not you can't really eat in a church. I think that's probably not appropriate, right? But if it's at like a wedding, <laughs> what do ha- I know? I don't know. <laughs> We're the last people last. But if you, if it's at a wedding hall. Where it's like just another room, like in you know, it, it, in this wedding, this is the ceremony. But at the wedding next week, this could be where they're dancing. I don't know. Um, All right, I'll co-sign that. I'd also like to suggest, um, if it's if it's within your customs, to have the husbands sit with their wives or or the husbands sit with their husbands, so that they're not gambling like degenerates over everything that happens at ju- your wedding. That's just don't leave. <laughs> Degenerates unsupervised. I think that's another tip for Matt. Uh, <laughs> again, if it aligns with your religious beliefs. Yeah, no, and that's just for the ceremony. At the wedding, uh, you'd be sitting with with uh, in in my world, in in the ultra orthodox world, you would not. But um, in in my world, you would. But just because it's more of like a religious ceremony, orthodox have men and women on separate sides. All right. So now that we've given everyone great advice about sure. having a wedding, you yeah. who got married fifteen years ago and and sixteen, me, it was my sixteenth sixteenth anniversary. <laughs> I don't think we're equipped really to be giving wedding advice, but here we are. We co-sign eating and drinking for your guests prior yes. to the ceremony and maybe during. I don't know that I'm about the during, but let's try it. We never try anything. Let's just try it. Yeah, Matt, try that at your wedding. Let us know how it goes. We're, it's kind of rude. We're not. I feel like if someone is a uh, a patron of mine for like a couple of years on, on the 32 Fans podcast, I think part of it is they should invite me and Chester, my co-host, to their, to their wedding. What do you think well, about that? Well, there's no better way to ensure that you get a gift and the person doesn't come than inviting someone from Israel during a pandemic. No, well, I wouldn't. I'm not. If I'm not coming, I'm not sending a gift. Oh, that's so rude. You got to send a gift. I would have to. That would be crazy. I would have to send so many. Not now, but like I can't go to any weddings. I'm just sending gifts to people I'm never going to see again. 
That would be yes. crazy. Yes. If you're invited to a wedding and you don't send a gift and you don't go, then you're basically saying how embarrassing for you to uh, invite me. Well, and no, I'll because I live far away. I, it would be, it would, you know, it would be, it, it's much different. If I lived in the same place and I don't go, then I'm saying we're never going to speak again. I'm like, this is the end of the friendship. I'm calling it off. Mm. I'm but, not saying you have to send a gift of the same amount as if you had gone to the wedding. I think you should be sending, like, you know, a picture or whatever, like a picture frame. You got to be sending something. I'm not sending anything. Well, I, clearly. There's too many, There's too many, especially in our world, there's so many weddings. Uh, by our world, I mean, like, the modern Orthodox Jewish world where, like, everyone knows everyone and the weddings are bigger. I don't think you have to. I'm not a part of that world, to be clear. Ours means me and, and the other people, not Allie. <laughs> Although she's welcome, she's well, you know, she's an honorary part of that world. I don't know if I'm welcome. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, and also like my because my dad's a rabbi, he'll get, uh, you know, he's a teacher and he has a synagogue, so like he'll get invited to like dozens. I I'm think, not talking about your dad. But, I'm saying right, so they'll stingy, never say. Let's move on. Okay, I'm stingy. And, and this is not an invitation to invite me to your weddings just for the gifts. I will not send a gift to be clear. Yeah, no, I know. I'm. I, you could ask Chester. Chester maybe will send a gift. He's classy, not me. All right, let's talk about Winston in this um, in this equation. So Winston is, again, we have no idea. And I confirmed, Winston did not go to college with Nick and Schmidt. So he friend jumped uh, Unbelievable. this person. You know, let's build this narrative. Maybe there's a world where Winston knew this guy from home and he went to the same college as, like, he knew him from somewhere else. And I'll, I'll just say this. Schmidt knows... Winston through Nick. Nick and Winston know each other from another connection. So maybe it's that Winston... You know when you have, like, your, your two friends? Okay, Nick and Steve, the mm -hmm. groom, are yeah. both going to the same school. I'm not going, but I'm going to connect them and be like, sure. you guys need to hang out when you're there. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the evolution of why uh, Winston is an usher. Because Winston's, Winston's not a groomsman. We don't see any groomsmen. But usher is sort of a step down in terms of your wedding roles. So it's not like he's number one in Steve's life. No, that's what I'm saying. He's like eight to 12 range, probably. And uh, what do you like Usher? I, I've been to weddings where there are ushers in name where like they maybe they'll walk down the aisle. They usually don't. They have a boutonniere. They take some pictures, but not all the pictures. And it's sort of like I wanted you to have an honor. I feel like it's, in my experience, it's usually like a group of high school friends who like would be too many to put as mm -hmm. groomsmen and you can't pick one. So you'll give them like some title. But in terms of uh, Winston and this kid who we'll talk about actually seating people, I've not seen that at any of the weddings I've been at. No, I think that's like old fashioned old school to actually seat people. And Winston's taking his job really seriously because he's very insecure about being at the wedding unemployed, that everyone's going to ask him, and then they do. Uh, what are you doing nowadays? Uh, to which he replies, like, I'm an usher at this wedding. Yeah. But Akiva, with all the sensitivity in the world, can you relate to that uh, feeling uh, Winston has, or do you just not relate to that at all? No, I, I can relate to it without it being me. Like, I, I definitely get it, but I also don't really care. I mean, I guess if, like, my wife's parents were like, hey, what are you doing? Then I would be, like, slightly uncomfortable. Uh, and it's also hard to just, like, make something up if they could, like, easily fact check what you're saying. Um, but, I, you know, I, I just say, like, yeah, you could. it's an easy conversation to brush off what you're doing. It's the same thing as somebody coming over to you at a wedding if you're single and being like, hey, when, when, when you're next. What's going on with you? And you can relate to that as well. No, that I cannot relate to. I have not. That's never happened to me. Maybe when I was 17. 
Let's talk about Jimmy Longjam, who shows up. He's the alternate usher. He looks to be about eight or nine years old. And uh, he he's a, a real rival, a real thorn in Winston's side. Did you, What did you uh, think about this little plot point? I liked him. He was cute. But it's a real, like, sea story. Like, there's just one dance-off, and then he sort of cries to his mom in the middle. There's not, like, a, th- a lot of times these happen in threes where, like, we'll get one more of Jimmy Longjohn or whatever his name is, but it does not happen in this episode. I got very interested in Jimmy Long Jam. Um, so I, I went to his IMDb, Armand Junja. Um, I could be pr- pronouncing that wrong. Um, and he had a, I, I can't decide if it was the same person, if he was, like, there was a guy with New Girl credits who was linked to one photo in Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And there was another, like, website that was, like, this guy with no reference to New Girl was uh, on, like, a hundred episodes of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Not quite that many, but a ton. So he had some mild success with that. And then it looks like he is an undergrad at UC Berkeley pursuing business. So it seems like he's out of the acting game now. I love a LinkedIn stock. LinkedIn, to me, is better than IMDb in terms of seeing what someone's up to. As you know, if you've listened to our Survivor uh, draft we did for season 40 or the challenger wrap-ups i love looking at linkedin so i was all over this guy's linkedin and it looks like you know he's do you, doing well do you care that they could see that you looked at your page do you ever like sneak and and look i at- love that this guy can see that i looked at his page and if it, if it comes up and he's like who is this and he looks at my pro he has no understanding of why i've looked at his page yeah i but i don't even know how to look to see who's looked at my page i mean i could figure it out but i have no interest um, all right. Well, it's not always unless you're uh, this guy doesn't strike me as a LinkedIn premium guy. So oh, then it'll you have LinkedIn, LinkedIn premium side. Sorry, you have LinkedIn premium. Of course not. But you don't always see who looked at your page. It's sort of like a gamble. You know, it'll be like someone who works at X place. Oh, okay. It doesn't Got always it. tell you who it is. Got it. Come on, you really should be more on your LinkedIn game. Akiva. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. I probably should be. I should at least post a picture of myself on there. <laughs> um, all right, so the, the whole reason, so we're tra- we've established sort of why Nick and Schmidt are there. We've established maybe by making it up why Winston is there. Jess is there to be Nick's pretend girlfriend because Caroline is going to be there. Haven't really established that. Maybe they went to college together. They were together, what, like five years? Four, yeah. They were together four years. That's too old to have been from college uh, or too short to have been from college. But Caroline is there. and Wait, that's his plus one. I don't think so. I think I think it's more likely that Caroline became friends right. with okay. yeah, Steve yeah, and the bride yeah. while she was dating Nick yeah. and is now independently invited. Right, because the plus one thing that that I was positing doesn't make sense because why are they both there? Why would Caroline and Jess both be there in that scenario? And Caroline later says she was going to bring the guy she's dating but didn't because of Nick. So it seems like she had the option to bring uh, to bring the guy. Well, I don't know the plus one rules that well, honestly. I think plus one rules have evolved. I think it used to be more of an expectation, and now it's like ring or no bring. My friend who do, used to do like bridal journalism, mm-hmm. ring or no bring. So you're engaged, living together, friends with the bride and groom actually, or no bring. I think they have that with like the wags, like the wives and girlfriends of like sports teams, where it's like you can only sit with the wives if you're at least engaged because they don't want like. Some lady come, they become friends with them, and then they break. The guy breaks up with her, and then like we just waste the time becoming friends with her, and she's not on the team anymore. 
There you go. I would like to extend it. I think if you're invited to some sort of like destination wedding, like where it's going to be like a whole schlep, maybe you should get a plus one. Um, yeah, especially with three thousand dollars. I think that. <laughs> I I think also like that's a nice way to pressure for a person to pressure their partner into proposing. Like, hey, we're not even. You, we can't even plus one me unless you bring me. You know, unless you uh, propose to me, Johnny, because no one's inviting me to your weddings if we're just boyfriend girlfriend. Yeah, I listeners try that out and let us know how much success yes. you have. <laughs> Pressure twisting your uh, boyfriend or girlfriend's arm mm-hmm. into uh, into proposing just uh, for plus for one status. Yeah, but what do you think of this little scheme that Jess is there as a fake girlfriend? I mean, I think this is common. I think people bring like if if you get a plus one that's open ended, people will go on like. Hinge or Tinder and find plus ones to weddings nowadays sometimes. So, yeah, I don't but that's think it's not crazy. like a fake. This is like, let's act like we're a we're romantic right. couple and we're not. Yeah, but this is, yeah, but right. That's outside the purview of the wedding, right? That's just to, that's just to impress Caroline. Uh, I know people who have done stuff like this. I'm trying to think. It seems like me. I'm pretty petty and, and, and weird, but I can't, no, no situation comes to mind. Like pretending that someone was your boyfriend? I, this is pretty extreme. I don't think it's that extreme. I know people who have like, been at the mall with a friend and bumped into an ex and were like, quick, kiss me. I need to like look like we're together. Okay. I wasn't there, but that is a story I did hear from a friend. Mm-hmm. Sounds apocryphal. Maybe this says, maybe this is like, I have all these examples of people really doing the like trench coat, naked thing, uh, me disrupting someone's wedding, uh, my friend pretending to date. Like maybe these are normal life stories and you've just missed out a Kiva. No, for sure. No, you're much more normal than me. Your friends might be insane. It might be both because... I come from, like, a religious background. Like I said, I got married when I was 20. So I don't have all these crazy stories. I was with my wife from the time I was a teenager. Whereas you went to, like, a Big Ten school, were in a sorority, went to a second Big Ten school. Like, you have lived, you know, a much more mainstream uh, American life than I have. It's funny because I do have an unblemished record of of, uh, bringing in hit makers on podcasts as guests. So I, I don't know what it says about me that literally almost all of my friends would be wildly successful podcasters. Like I could bring in, I could go out on my own and start my own network just from people I know. And I think it's because like insane people attract insane people. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Um, like, for example, did I disappoint with the friend I brought on to your podcast? Who, Missy? Yeah. Yeah. Is Missy listening? Does Missy listen to this? No, she doesn't know what a podcast is. Oh, okay. Fine. Despite being on them. Okay. Uh, and then we speculated. Brooke also is there because of college. Gretchen. I, I just think they have they run in the same circle. That's my assumption about Gretchen. I guess. Uh, they're, yeah. They're, I, I guess they could be like one giant friend group. And now it's sort of like by the time we meet them, they're boiled down to like four or five people. And then they just go out to bars, it seems like. And people know Schmidt or something. But this could have been like a huge friend group in L.A. when, you know, before we met them. I don't know that it's a huge friend group. I think just like Schmidt even says, like, oh, we always hook up. We're always at the same weddings. We always hook up. Uh, kind of a stretch. A lot of this storyline is stretch, stretching for the jokes, but I'm fine with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Both for them to comments. constantly be at the same weddings, like they have to have some mutual friends. Are you a Natasha Leone who, who plays Gretchen? Are you a Natasha Leone fan? I'm a, fr- a fan of hers, like, in theory, but I didn't watch Russian Doll. And okay. I only watched, like, the first, like, three seasons of Orange is the New Black. Yeah, I've never seen Orange is the New Black. I did watch the first couple episodes of Russian Doll. 
I liked it. I have not gotten back to it. She, like me, is she educated, by the way, Natasha Leone. She went to Ramaz. Um, the uh, it's funny. She, Natasha Leone was like completely out of Hollywood for like a zillion years, and is now like have you know has her own show on Netflix. One of like the craziest comeback stories ever. I I so I like I'm in on Natasha Leone. I'm actually out on the storyline between Gretchen and Schmidt. I yeah, it never seems very cartoony. Seems very cartoony. Absolutely. Like, why does she make him view the pictures for two hours? Like, why would he agree to do that? If Schmidt is, as I believe he is, like a ladies' man, he could pick up somebody else, right? Like, I, maybe he had no success that night with the woman from college he had a crush on, but, like, Gretchen doesn't seem like his style at all. I don't know. Well, let's get to that story, because we learn a very important fact about Schmidt. So Schmidt encounters his freshman year crush he goes up to her she has no idea who he is and then he says oh like you know like fat schmidt and then boom instant recall Mm -hmm. so uh, another matt stewart special i can't even find it in my notes i just remember because i'm that good is like what do you think akiva about this revelation that schmidt used to be fat i think it's funny i'm assuming it's going to come up a bunch more times uh as a fat guy myself i respect uh, former fat guys maybe i'll get there one day i'll say this you're not in the same plane as Fat Schmidt. Oh, really? He was really fat. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> like well, you're I not was, like oh, as a as a fat. But guy, I was very I skinny. It. I'm like the I'm like the reverse Schmidt. I'm the anti Schmidt. I was very skinny when I was in college, and now I'm most fat. people are the reverse Schmidt. Mm-hmm, that's true. Uncommon to be the the Schmidt. You got to work hard. Yeah, I don't have that sort of willpower. Um, I think what's so I the reason I bring it up in response to the the question you posed about him being a ladies' man is like. He's a clearly deeply insecure guy, even as we see from the storyline with Winston over the big room, the small room, who's top dog. Like, Schmidt is very cons- – oh, and, and should I sit here, here, or here to be the sexiest? Like, Schmidt has confidence, but it's a very, like, thinly veiled confidence, and underneath is Fat Schmidt, where he – and I think we're, we're seeing those cracks in the armor. So, like, yeah, he's a ladies' man, but he's pursuing this woman who never gave him the time of day in college – and he's not confident enough to just be like, this is who I am. How are you? He's lying when she says that she's six months sober. He's one month more, seven months sober. And he's going through all of these like hoops to lie, to try to get a chance with her. When really he's like well within her league generally, if he were just a normal human being. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So he's like a newly, even if he's a ladies man, he's sort of new enough to the game that, uh, you know, the insecurities are still out there. Well, I hear this from from people in my life regardless. Like, no matter what he looks like today, I think he still is self-conscious about his appearance sure. based on being Fat Schmidt. And, and, you know, to be so identified by your weight, to be called Fat Schmidt to the point where people don't re- – Schmidt is a pretty recognizable sure. name. So he's like, I'm Schmidt. She's like, um – and then she's like, I'm Fat Schmidt. Oh, of course. Right. That was his name. Come a freshman year of college, Fat Schmidt. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so he so thinks of himself tough. as Fat Schmidt. I think of myself as still having hair, so I can I can certainly respect that. Also, a reverse Schmidt then to have com- like false confidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I, I want to talk about the Caroline and Nick storyline for a minute, if you don't mind me jumping around. Yeah. Although do it. I think we're covering some ground, some good ground. Yeah, we've we've covered almost the whole episode. We're doing well. So 
Caroline spots Nick, and I just want to call out how good I thought the acting was at this moment and then complain that it actually wasn't good. And here's why. This is something that has always bothered me. I sent you recently a clip of Seinfeld uh, at 1 a.m. that has always bothered me with, like, video commentary. Oh, this is great. Do more of that. It was, it was like, Allie, really, you were like the John Boy of Seinfeld now. <laughs> you don't know who that is. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a very specific scene that since I was a kid has always bothered me because it's inaccurate. Like it's, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, if you're interested in that story, maybe if we, we could talk about it. on Rob's patron. Rob and I had a bit for the whole run of Seinfeld where like, what is the one question we'd ask Larry, uh, David and Jerry Seinfeld. If we ever got to interview them, like, like deep nerd Seinfeld questions. So we'd always try to make it like as nerdy as possible, just in case. Um, Jerry, uh, wait, just in case of what? Just in case, like we ever, like Jerry did an AMA once, and like I asked like our two nerdiest questions, he didn't answer them. Oh, I thought you meant in case you had the opportunity. Yeah, in oh, case, wait, in case mean, they, in case we had the opportunity to interview one of them. I thought you meant like it has in case they were like it must be nerdy though in order to get an answer. No, I just I would love the idea that they would like like give us swirlies, like dunk, give us like atomic wedgies and dunk our heads in the toilet or something if we if we asked a question this nerdy that they like could not care less about. But I love the idea. Uh, so your your bit was about them playing Inkadink, which is essentially any mini money mo for like boomers. We don't need to get into. I but, purposely okay, didn't get into. Okay, okay, but story. the point is, I love the idea of like you doing your whole Inkadink rant at Larry, David, and Jerry Seinfeld, and them. Being I would like, never be that annoying. See, that would be annoying though. Not like, oh, I'm interested. That mm -hmm. would be like, I don't like. Actually, my dad famously once did this at the end of a a Broadway show that Alan Rickman was in, R.I.P., mm -hmm. and we were at the stage door. It was a play, and a woman comes out who was in the show, and she was a Northwestern grad, which my parents always loved, and there was a Northwestern grad. I, I was a Northwest, a talentless Northwestern grad. There were a lot of talented Northwestern grads. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking to her, and they say, like, oh, Northwestern. This always embarrassed me. I always hated did, standing did at the Did one stage of them door. go to Northwestern, or they're just proud no, of their, really of their favorite daughter? Okay. Yeah, they just really liked Northwestern, and so I'm sitting there mortified. That's so cute. Your parents sound very supportive. Of other people. No. Of Northwestern, nothing to do but, with me. Well, why do they like Northwestern? You went there. It's your college. They're supporting the home team. What do they have to no, do with they, Northwestern besides you? They liked Northwestern, so I went to Northwestern. It well, was not How do they Al like Allie, a college they didn't go to? That doesn't even make it, sense. It was not Allie went to Northwestern and now we like it. It's like this is a fabulous school. It's got a great reputation, great academics, and a great location. Like They like Darnell Autry? I don't understand. Like they were a big fan of the football team? It's it's not that they were like Would you know Darnell Autry without me saying it? No, of course not. He was like he's like their best football player ever. Okay, great. So and he was a Northwestern alum? Yeah, he remember when they made the Rose Bowl in like nineteen ninety five? I know okay, you were yeah, yeah, four yeah. years old. Well, that's, he was that's their best player. Time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, yada yada yada. My dad likes asked if something that happened in the show was like, and this was very unlike him. So I'm shocked that he did this. But it was like a book fell or something. He was like, oh, was that when you did that? I was noticing and like, was that intentional or was that just like the theater? Oh, Billy. It? She was like, she was like, what? And that to me is. Uh, I forgot what we were even talking about with the episode because this whole Northwestern thing threw yeah. me. Mm -hmm. What were we just talking about? I don't know. Parents embarrassing ourselves. I don't know. No. Wait, this is annoying. What What just happened? We got to work backwards. Hold on. How oh, Caroline. Okay. So, oh my God. So wait, I originally wanted to talk about a mistake that is... Oh, yes. That is... And I'm not editing this week, so sorry, everyone. 
That's that is what it would be like if I asked that question to Larry David and Jerry. It would okay. not be like, oh, I'm interested to know what you were thinking. It would be like, I caught a mistake, haha, and like that. I would not want to do. No, of course not. Yeah, we had a list of but questions that we would ask them, but I, I'd have to find it. All right, I'm gonna ask myself, how did we get here? So let's get back to talking about Caroline and Nick. Caroline spots Nick, and I thought that was such great you know, physical acting, whatever, at facial expressions from Caroline and Nick. Caroline's eyes light up like exactly what you would look like if you saw your ex and were like sort of happy to see him. And Nick looks like he just saw the boogeyman or if you saw like E.T. or something you're afraid of, mm-hmm. one of the many things you're afraid of. Sure, you. I loved this. Mm-hmm. Here's my issue. Yeah. Jess has this crazy, obviously fake speech about being in love with Nick, whatever. And then Caroline walks away. Later, she will say she was, like, relieved to see that Nick was with Jess because now she's free to be with her boyfriend. But in this moment, there was zero relief on her face. It was extreme sadness. Of course. Yeah. So what are we supposed to believe as those? One of one of the points I was I was sort of thinking to myself. So uh, the so Mary Elizabeth Ellis, the actress who plays Caroline, is the waitress on It's Always Sunny. And in real life, she's married to Charlie Day, right? Charlie from It's Always Sunny. Nick has a lot of poor man's, like, Charlie Day light in the first few episodes of New Girl. I don't. Are, are you familiar enough to even make that? Yep, 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 yep. I do think he has a lot of his mannerisms. Jake Johnson has, like, a little bit of... He's less manic, and he's not like, you know, Charlie in, in It's Always Sunny is, is, like, the stupidest character in TV history. But... It is weird that, like, that's who they have, like, in her, like, biggest role. Like, that she's playing someone who is exactly like her husband, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's fair. We also got a question from Matt Stewart, another Matt Stewart special. Um, oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. This is not. This is from Tom, Pal- Tom Palmer, who said, So I watched New Girl before I ever watched The Challenge. During the first episode of The Challenge, I legitimately thought that TV... T.J. Lavin, who, for people who don't know, is the host of the MTV show The Challenge, Killed was it. the actor who plays Nick. Am I as face blind as Akiva? Ooh, that's so. Bad. Do you think that T.J. Lavin looks like uh, Jake Johnson? A little bit, but that's still. I mean, that's rough. I wouldn't have thought. Like, I, I, I they, they have some similarities, but man, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's that's bad. Maybe new, anyway. new prescription. Matt, Matt Stewart needs. Maybe he lost his glasses on the dance floor. <laughs> um, a question coming at us live that Puya just, uh, the great Puya, uh, just messaged us. Uh, who does Akiva think from the greater RJP universe he'd want to take on in a dance-off if he had to? So you'll have to explain who this person is, because, again, we are not affiliated with RHAP, but Akiva and I are both involved in that community. So uh, you could also branch out. Any podcaster in general, who would you want to take on the dance floor in a dance-off? I feel like I crushed Sarah Koenig from Serial. <laughs> has no sense of humor incredibly serious always um from rjp i don't know i'd have to i'd have to think about it i feel like you're probably you, you have a few champs and you're uh what do you call them champies you'd probably be pretty decent Champers, on this. It's a Champers. Real housewives sorry um so yeah but i think sarah canning may be I'm trying to think of like mark maron probably a terrible dancer um yeah, i think he probably place. uh could take joe rogan no, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan like can, has moves. He's like uh, like a black belt. I feel like he has some athletic ability. It, it more depends on who the audience is, right? Because a dance off is won or lost with the audience. True, it's it's subjective. So, 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a hometown crowd for me no matter what, but that's a good question. Um, okay, so I feel like we're... Oh, MJC, this is sort of on brand, says, do you have a go-to dance circle move? This is really for you. I hate a dance circle. Like, I hate the... I like being in the circle, like, forming the walls of the circle and being like, yeah, I'm, like, dancing, like, like, the hitch sort of side to side. Um, I do not like being thrust into the middle of the circle. Like, nothing is more awkward for just anyone than to, like, do a little stupid move in the middle of the circle. So I do not like it. Um, but I, if you had a few champers in you, you're, you're going to be, like, dancing on the dance floor all night? Oh, I'm definitely a wedding dancer, regardless of the amount of champers. Okay. But I do not – I am not someone who enters myself into a dance circle. Got it. And what's your wedding drink of choice? I, I You know, I usually go with the uh, the cocktail, like uh, the signature cocktail of the couple. I always try one of those because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but then as uh, anyone who's listened to Missy or I in a podcast, like then I transition to Tito Soda. Mm-hmm. And I will – also, probably towards the end of the night, transition to a single Bud Light is is almost always how I end a, a five hour night of drinking. Okay, great. Yeah, that's that's the dessert is one Bud Light. Yeah, because it's like I never want to have had a like serious. I mean, beer is a serious drink, but like I do not want to be having cocktails all night and then like get on a bus to go back to the hotel, like the shuttle to go back to the hotel or get in a car to go home. Like I would never driving. Just like I don't like being in a moving vehicle after I've been drinking. So I will like reduce it to nursing a beer for the last like hour or so of the event. Very smart. Okay. I would ask you, Akiva, but we already I know, pretend if, to like drinking on podcasts. No, I'll drink at a wedding. Um, I, I think I used to be a big uh, vodka orange juice guy, screwdrivers. <laughs> at, at 9 p.m.? Yeah, but I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm sort of out on vodka now, so I'm, more, I'm, I'm really just a beer guy now. Okay, Akiva, mm-hmm. I, and you should be free to not be a big drinker. I think not drinking is great. I no, I said drinking. I want to get into drinking and golf in the, in the you next You should year. not want to get into drinking, but <laughs> I've been at a beer tournament with you, yeah. and you, like, you like couldn't deal with it. <laughs> like, well, it was, was like you, you hated was, it. No, I was You're drunk off, guy. like, a bunch of sips of beer, basically. Yeah, you are not a beer guy. I'm sorry. And that's okay. That's good. Embrace that. Don't be a Schmidt and, and lie about... You're doing a reverse Schmidt. You're lying about being a drinker. I, I had seven beers. You had six. <laughs> oh, no, you had boy. way more than six. Um, I think... I. Uh, um, all right. So here's my... Can I give you my overall takeaway? Do we have anything left in the, in the like heart of the episode? Um, no, go ahead. I have some more questions maybe at the end, but go ahead. Give us your overall takeaway. All right. So people have been asking us, um, hey, I've never seen this show. Should I watch it along with you guys? You know, uh, Chester, my, my co-host on a different podcast, said I did, he didn't love the first two episodes. He's going to listen to the podcast, but should he feel obligated to keep watching? He didn't, you know, he, it didn't appeal to him, although he didn't say anything after the third one, so maybe he liked it better. So to me, like the big question is, in my mind, as we rewatch the beginning of, of this series, is like, do I like this show? Is this show good? I don't I like. I already know I don't hate it. I'm not gonna like quit. Like it's not gonna be a punishment every week to have to watch these 22 minutes because I think absolute worst case scenario, the floor of the show is like it's a fun thing to have on the background. Yes, it, it's a little different when when you have to like take notes and maybe pause a few times. Like, hey, what they just say, but um, it's. It, I definitely am not gonna hate this show. But I was, I was thinking, and I, I ran this uh, theory by a couple people. 
I think every TV comedy, Allie, is either Friends or Seinfeld. This is very Kirsten McInnes. Yes, it's like the same way you think Super Sandwich. Every single show, comedy. I don't think that Kirsten thinks that. Uh, yeah, she thinks Super Sandwich. You think? Oh, we haven't dropped your big one yet. We'll drop it. We'll drop it in a later episode. It'll, people's. It'll have the whole the streets talking for weeks. Trust me. But I had my street talking for weeks. Um, but I think every TV show is Seinfeld or Friends. And so basically, like to me, is New Girl Seinfeld or is it Friends? I don't know yet. Like The Office is Seinfeld, and Parks and Rec is Seinfeld, and like. Oh, I disagree. I think Parks and Rec is Friends. No, Parks and Rec is Seinfeld. Every, like, everybody loves Raymond and Big Bang Theory or Friends. Wait, don't just say no. Let's discuss it. Par- Why do you think Parks and Rec... I think Parks and Rec is much more Friends because it has... Like, talk about no hugging, no learning. Like, Parks and Rec is like warm fuzzies galore. And it's so based on the community and the relationships and the support of the unit of all of the people at Parks and, at the Parks and Rec office. Like to me, Parks and Rec is Friends. It doesn't have edge. It do- like it's all round corners. I hear what you're saying. First of all, like Ron Swanson is all hugging and learning. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, not to spoil Parks and Rec for anybody who might be listening, but like Ron Hannah. is probably the one who shows the most growth. He does. Most, he does like, change, loving. but he's he, like ninety nine percent. And one the character does not make. I mean, okay, so like they like Pam is friends on her own. Like mm-hmm. so, is the Office friends because there's one character who's friends. Yeah, that's true. Pam, you're right. A character on a Seinfeld show can be friends. Pam is friends. That's a good call. Uh, we're going to have to make a whole flow chart. Uh, and somebody said, I, I, I dropped this by Antonio Mazzaro today, and he said, I like the theory, but I think you have to add Cheers. And I said, no, Cheers is Seinfeld. This just happened to have come before Seinfeld. But Cheers is Seinfeld. Yeah. I think this is a great take, but I think Parks and Rec is Friends, and, and you have not sold me why it's Seinfeld. All right, except so ha- to just re- reiterate that it's Seinfeld. Can we do another Twitter poll? Can we have a two-Twitter poll week? Well, could you just defend your position? I, I think it's more... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think it's more of like... It, first of all, it's hard to say. It, it's not just... It, obviously, like, we love Seinfeld. It's our favorite show. And I don't... I don't hate Friends. I could certainly watch an episode, but I'm not a fan of Friends. I think you're in a similar boat. I, I, I think... Parks and Rec, the characters don't have an edge. My least favorite character on Parks and Rec is is Amy Poehler. Um, so like the fact that she has no edge really doesn't bother me. I think like you're you're understating how much maybe uh, like April and Chris Pratt they have like an edge. Aziz, Chris Pratt has no Chris Pratt is a marshmallow. April and Ron do, but Aziz the, the Aziz has no growth. And then every side character has an. Are you kidding me? Tom has complete growth. Like, I just think, like, to me, this is a perfect analogy for Parks and Rec versus The Office, Mm -hmm. and that they're a very similar show, but Parks and Rec is Friends and The Office is Seinfeld. Like, it just has that more like sarcastic, rougher sensibility, and and Parks and Rec just doesn't. That doesn't mean. It's like a binary and there's never someone with sure. an edge or there's never some. But like generally, I think the entire point of Parks and Rec is hugging and learning. OK, but also like all the townspeople, they have an edge like everyone who's not in like the main six or seven. Donna has an edge like everyone who's not in the main six or seven people. Is. I think you would lose this poll, but I would be fine for it to go to a poll. Um, but I think it's a, I don't think it, it changes the theory. I right. think it's an interesting theory. Yeah. Now, but back to the subject at hand, I don't know yet. 
if New Girl is Seinfeld or Friends. Do you want to answer that question or do you want to TBD it? It's interesting. It's really, really interesting. Well, what do you think Happy Endings is? Uh, Happy Endings... Not good enough <laughs> to be in the conversation. Uh, yeah, I'd have to... No, every show is Seinfeld or Friends. Um, I'd have to watch more of it. Like, I haven't really watched it since it went on the air, off the air, even though I was watching it every week. I, I lean Seinfeld. I definitely lean Seinfeld for Happy Endings. Like there wasn't well, a that's lot. Funny like the good guys happy also. Endings, it, it's like, do the good guys lose a lot? Like I, that's a big part of Seinfeld versus Friends. Like on Seinfeld, the good guy, or they're not even good guys, but the the protagonists lose. Whereas Friends, they rarely do. Well, when you see even the first three episodes, and I, my temptation after this episode was to say like, this will we'll move on from this. We're now all three episodes have ended with this like empowered speech. And all of them being there for each other. Like, they all... We didn't even get to this, but, like, they end on the... Jess is like, no, I'm not going to suppress the Jess. I'm myself, and that's okay. You've made me feel bad, and now I'm going to go slow dance to the chicken... Like, do the chicken dance to a slow song. And they all are like, this looks so fun. Like, Winston has that great moment with Jess where, uh, you know, Winston you can sort of tell is starting to feel more comfortable being his true self in front of Jess and says, like, don't tell the guys, but, like, I love bubbles and, like, we're really happy to have you here. Mm -hmm. and, and so there's this sort of, like, sweet ending to all three episodes now um, where they come together as a unit. And I'm tempted to say that, that, like, you don't get a moral lesson after every single episode, but now maybe that I'm tracking it, <laughs> like, we'll see. I don't know. Interesting. All right, so we'll track it. Right now we're 3-0 moral lesson. That's a good – we'll keep a scoreboard. We, we really need a listener to help us keep a scoreboard also. If there's a listener who wants to be our, like, spreadsheet No one's doing guy. anything for us. Not but, true. But in, the show in is wildly if popular. It's, <laughs> if it's Seinfeld or Friends, I think a show about the loft before Jess enters would be Seinfeld. The show about Winston and Schmidt and Coach and Nick, Seinfeld. Jess is sort of like a Friends droplet being put yeah. into Seinfeld solution. Does she become so really does she become more Seinfeld because I will say Jess did get on my nerves a little bit in this episode. Um I I I feel like again she's still like finding her place in this world. She's really met these guys like a month ago. But she's a cartoon character still. She's not a real human being and I wonder if she ever becomes a real human being. It'll be interesting. I do think all the characters have an uh, evolution, but, you know, our dear friend Ian, who I talked about meeting on a date with Missy last week, and that's mm. what I'm going to call him until he comes on the show, my best friend Ian. Um, I get acquaintance, he gets best friend. Ooh. No, I'm, I'm, that's a clear joke. Okay. <laughs> but my best friend Ian mm -hmm. um, loves the show. He a problematic fave. I wouldn't trust his opinions generally, mm -hmm. but he loves the show, hates Jess. So if Jess continues, I don't agree with that take, but if Jess continues to be annoying to you, it is possible to still enjoy the show. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed the first three episodes, um, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for it to become more Seinfeld than Friends, but we'll see. Um, all right, I want to introduce a new thing, because I've been really thinking about how are we, I think we're a pretty unique um, duo here in terms of you've never seen it I've seen it it's it's sort of hard I feel like we get to we we did a better job this week I think of not being like well is this gonna happen is this gonna happen is sure. this gonna happen where I'm just sort of like I don't know if I could say that and I think we'll only get better at it how could we get worse really um I want to do a little segment I have two things one I'm gonna steal from Zach to the future which is a Saved by the Bell rewatch with Mark Pergle Mark Paul Gossler 
who has never watched Saved by the Bell, but unlike Keeve, was a star of the show. So he has some context for it, but it, that's sort of our most similar thing because he doesn't know a lot of the plot points moving forward. Um, Does he have but he kids? Obviously knows the Does MPG thing. have I, kids? I don't know. Because they would have to have like, my kids have seen, they haven't seen a lot of it, but they've seen that. Like they would, if he had kids, you'd imagine they would have watched Saved by the Bell all the time. I mean, he sort of has like an Adam Driver thing where he's like, I don't like to watch my own performance. It's not like he's above watching it. I think he just doesn't like you won't listen to this podcast when I ask for feedback on the Mm -hmm. first episode. I listened to it, but reluctantly. You know what? I do think he has kids because I think he got divorced from his wife with kids and Jeff Probst married her. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So anyway, they do a segment where uh, his co-host tells him the name of the next episode. I mean, have you... So two things, orders of business we have to talk about. So he tells him the name of the episode, and then Mark Paul guesses what's going to happen. I think that would be a very funny thing for us to do. Please, yes. Um, But we have to discuss this, because a lot of the audience has written that, like, they wanted to watch along with us, and then they've ended up binging through to, like, the second season. So, like, are you going to binge ahead? Because then I can't really do this no okay no i think the point of the show right now is that i don't binge ahead and if there's demand to put these out more frequently or to cover more episodes in a shorter period of time you know maybe we'll adjust our schedule but for now here we are so um all right the other thing i want to do so i think that episode thing should be the last thing we do before that i want to do uh instead of sort of asking me is this going to happen is this going to happen I think we should borrow from what you did on the Curb podcast of, like, is this plot line going to run with the season? Okay, great. So I'm going to pull out a few things. You already alluded to this, but we get Nick saying, we didn't cover a lot of main stuff in the show, and there were a lot of questions I didn't get to because we really bounced around. But again, bear with us, uh, to quote the Jiffy Park guy in Seinfeld. We ask that you please bear with us. We'll we'll find our groove. Um, But Nick ends up, after being inspired by Jess, uh, to really call it off with Caroline and say, like, we have to let each other go and be done. They hug, walk away. Um, do you think we see Caroline again? I think you implied in the first episode that we do. I think she's, like, a recurring character. Did I? Because we, well, we see her again this episode. Right. I think we will see Caroline again. In what context? Like, let's make a prediction. Oh, when will we see her again? Um, or, or why, how, you know? I, I think similar one. I think, like, he's going to be dating someone and she's going to re-enter the picture. Maybe he, like, accidentally sleeps with her or something. Okay. Do you think we see Brooke again? Oh, we could. She really didn't have, like, a, 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 like a personality, like, a char- characteristic. Like, what do we know about her besides she's six months sober? So I'd say, I think she's, like, a mildly well-known actress. So I'd say we might, but I'm going to lean towards no. And what about Gretchen? I think, like, Natasha Leone probably, like, gets her own show right after this. So no. <laughs> I hope not. I didn't really like Gretchen, so I don't think I don't I don't I I like this game, but I don't think we're going to see anyone but Caroline again. And are there any any other things that jump out to you that you want to say, like, will will run? I don't think the kid I don't think we're going to see the kid again because we just talked about him. You didn't. He's not even an actor anymore. Um, I don't know. Oh, I have a big one. Yeah, I have a a big one for you. Okay. Uh, Cece is not in this episode at all. She does not appear. Hannah Simon, Simone, Hannah Simone. Uh, and her friend Zooey. The which that's really true to life because there's no way they write CC into this. What like yeah. Schmidt's bringing her as a plus one? Right, it would have been impossible. I, I think that's yeah. actually realistic. But 
I wonder if it's like a Michael Richards scenario where remember he's not in an early episode and he says, if you write me out of another episode, I'm out of the series. Oh, you think a woman would ever threaten that? No, no I do not think do. that's I ever happened I had this conversation with Chester. It's like only a white man would have the confidence to do that. Uh, yes. Uh, that is that is for sure true. I mean, maybe Zooey could do that because her name's in the title. You'd have to get I'm not saying that. that Hannah Simone couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I think she should do it. Her agent, her agent would fire her for even like having the conversation. She wouldn't do it. Yeah, she wouldn't. And she was not well known before the show, if I'm not mistaken. So she has no no hand in this relationship. Um, but is that Except common? Except that they've already written yeah. one character out. Of yeah, the that's pilot, true. So yeah, we wrote, we wrote out Damon Wayans Jr., who's more famous than you, Hannah. So no, no, I'm saying at that point maybe you oh your yeah, hand it's a increases wreck. because oh, yeah. they don't want to have to do this bullshit story thing again. Oh, there's like a Hollywood Report article like "What Trouble on the New Girl Set" by Josh Wheeler. Like "Trouble on the New Girl Set." Uh, you know, they've lost two of their five leads in the first three episodes of the series. That would be bad. Um, but do we have more episodes with no CC? Uh, and are there episodes where, like, randomly, let's say, Winston or Nick or... I'm assuming Zooey's in every episode, but where some of the other core five are not in the episode? Well, only you can make that prediction. Uh, I'm going to guess, I'm gonna guess like, maybe there's a random episode where, like, Jake Johnson had a baby or something. But other than that, uh, you know, I, I don't count, like, one episode where maybe they were unavailable or sick or something. Uh, I'm going to say Cece is not in multiple other Season one episodes, and then season two, she's like a full regular. She gets like a pay bump or something. And anybody else uh, in the core four out? I don't think so. I, I don't think anybody else in the core four is going to be out for more than random episode here or there. To those in the audience who have already uh, seen New Girl, I know you are giggling along in with Glee with me. I think this is a very fun segment to lock in some predictions as we move ahead. Giggling along uh, with how accurate I am, you're saying. Either one. We'll okay, see. Fine. I think that was a great thing to post. Yeah. It'll no, these are good segments. I like this. There. And we have nothing for the Jess boyfriend rankings this week because we we're not going to count really Nick as a boyfriend. <laughs> we could rank Nick as a fake boyfriend. I think he would be probably close to the worst. He ditches her mm-hmm. uh, to try to get back with his ex. Uh, first. Oh, sorry. First, he insults her and says that she has to pretend to not be herself. Then she, uh, he criticizes her at every turn. He ditches her to get back with his ex. And then he spends the entire wedding drunk crying in a photo booth. So I would say he's like a pretty shitty fake boyfriend. Still number one overall, though. Just be- and I'm not going to put him in the rankings. But like the other two are so loathsome that I can't, I can't put him below them. Again, it's sort of like if she really was his girlfriend... Maybe he jumps Peter as worse than Peter. Oh, because, because he's, like, essentially cheating on her actively at the wedding. Yeah, like, Peter's terrible, but again, Peter sort of didn't owe her much. You can no. get over that very True. easily. If you True. were really dating someone, they brought you to a wedding and then treated you like this, yes. it would be very absurd. Relationship ender, yeah. So let's put fake Nick. I actually like that. Let's put fake Nick from episode three in as the second worst spot. Okay, he's be- he's between Spencer and Peter. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um... Okay, I feel like we didn't cover a lot of stuff. Like, we didn't cover the uh, the photo booth. I, I thought there was a lot of joke density here. Like, it was sort of hard to pick out plot lines because it was really just like, boom, they're at this wedding. Yes. And then it was like, how can funny moments can we have? Can we have Nick, like, curse off the bride and groom to their videographer? I mean, the videographer would never have stayed on him, so that was confusing. I know, and he gave him money. Like, he should have actually said, like, edit that out, please. Um, no, I love that. He just t- he like criticizes them for not having an open bar as yeah. tacky, and then stoops the uh, cameraman. 
like a dollar. What I, I love, I love that use of the word "stup." I hope the other Jews appreciate that. Um, that's also a, like "stup." Obviously, means "stup," but I feel like it also means like you, you grease them a little bit. But yeah, but you think everyone listening knows the word "stup"? I think most of the people listening don't know the word "stup." Oh, I thought you were saying it was like unique that I used it in that context. No, you used it correctly, but I think a lot of people who know the word still won't know. That's like a insider's guide to using the word shtup. That was like a second level. All right, level. so use the, to explain what that means. No, they have to Google it. Let them let them okay. learn something from this podcast. You should context clues. You shtups the cameraman yeah. like a few bucks. Yeah. <laughs> the only shtupping in this episode. Um, so, well, that's <laughs> not, not true. Not At really. the very end, the last, scene, the last scene, it ends with a shtup. Um, that's of course when my kids walked in, when he was tied down on, when, uh, Schmidt is tied down to the bed with his legs and chains or whatever. Uh, is it an education? Yeah. Uh, don't worry. They're watching vacation videos. Um, what? No woman is attractive enough to watch two hours of a rowing video for. Oh, oh now I understand. I was like, I thought you said your kid, don't worry. Your kids are watching vacation videos. And I was no, like, no, 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 no. The last scene. They walked in videos. during the last scene when he was tied to the bed. Because my wife's like, is this an appropriate show? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And then that's like smash cut to that scene. Um, the, uh, what else? What else from the episode that I, I'm, I'm trying? Oh, so I actually I have I'm I always feel like I'm bad mouthing the couple or like something about the not the couple, but like something about the wedding, like complaining about the food with no one around me. And then the videographer pops up and I'm like, if they ever watch the rough cut, I don't know if people get like a, a like a just the full feed from their wedding. Like the the live feed updates from their wedding and watch them. There's probably like a background of thirty different weddings of me saying like, "You think I could? You think I could order like three chickens? Like this guy left already from our table. You think I get three mains or complaining about something?" Uh, so I found found that relatable to complain about. I don't think I've ever like complained about the wedding on camera. Although I would if it was like a good enough friend. I think that would be funny. I mean, I do think if you're a wedding v- videographer, please let us know. Or if you've ever had a wedding mishap where your raw footage has contained someone s talking you i feel like the rough cut can't just be the rough cut it's got to be like or like the raw footage it's got to be like i watch it through and make sure like no one's picking their nose and no one's calling you a bitch yeah absolutely it's like but none but wedding videographers are not doing that's a lot of work i don't i think only the best of the best are doing that have i I told this story that uh in my bat mitzvah video um no Where, uh, you know, they're, like, showing kids getting off the bus. Like, it's, like, it's, like, B-roll of, like, the party. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, like, you know, you shuttle kids from whose, you know, parents weren't invited to the wedding mm-hmm. in a school bus yep. to the, in my case, this hotel I had my party in. Kind of, kind of classy of the, of, of the lashers because I feel like my parents had to drive me to most of these things. Occasionally I there's a bus. But, but, I, but everyone knows that Jude is a classy lady. But that, that is... Uh, not the norm in my world, although it does happen sometimes. My sister would, who had like wealthier friends, would like get the limos to the Hamptons. But in my circle, it was like, can I tell you how old I am? I remember getting my mom driving me home from a bar mitzvah in December 1996, and uh, in November, excuse me, 1996, and it was the uh, Clinton Dole election was that night. So we're like listening to the election returns on the on the drive home from like Oceanside or something. That's the story you interrupted my story. Oh, I'm tell. sorry. Yeah, no, you go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we're like, they're panning to the, and, and my parents, I got to tell you, mm-hmm. throw a classy event. No, they, no doubt. They were both very, like my dad was, my mom is, a very, very classy event havers. Like, and when we got asked the best wedding we ever went to, probably my brother's. Like, it was, it was fabulous. Wow. Anyway, 
Um, I'm biased, of course. I knew everyone there, but... Um, so they're panning to, like, people coming off the bus, and this guy, Mark, is walking down the stairs, and he eats it and just slides, like, boom, 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 boom. And he's, like, a tall, gangling, like, 13-year-old, and he's, like, boom, 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 down the bus stairs, and then it immediately cuts away to, like, the cocktail hour. And it always killed me that that was left in. Like, how did the videographer not cut that out? I'm so happy they didn't cut it out. Did you ever show but Mark? it was one of the funniest moments ever. What? Did you ever show Mark the video of him falling? I don't think I showed Mark, but I showed definitely, like, Mark's friends. I do remember, like, playing it to some people you, who were over. Are you still in touch with Mark? Uh, Mark's parents, actually, funny enough, Mark's parents later became, like, best friends with my parents. Like, my mom is, like, very, very close with his parents. You should, you should send him this video this week and then get a response. I think I told them. I, because we did a road trip to Pittsburgh for a wedding I was describing, one of my brother's friend's weddings. And, uh, yeah, I was in the car with his parents and my mom. And I think I told them the story. We had six hours there and back. I think it came up. All right, but you should show him the footage, see, see what he thinks. But that is funny that they left it in. All right, so let's get to our reviews, which probably will only go down this week based on... I, you know, we're finding our we're finding our groove. No, this is our best episode yet, you. without question. So thank you to uh, so many people. We're up to like over 55 stars. Whoa! I can't believe it. Whoa. You're not all. looking at this every day? No. I haven't been updating you, but... I don't want to be... Yeah, you could update me, but I don't want to be... Real, but I have like a lot of podcasts and also four children. So no, I have not been looking at the new girl. I, for someone who loves internet validation, you should be looking at these. Reviews. I don't. So, you've you've created this image of me that is so inaccurate and is not fair. And now and now I get fake likes because people think I like the likes. They're, I get pity <laughs> likes, sympathy likes because you started this story. All right, Akiva, you're getting me dangerously close to revealing some uh, Twitter DMs, which you don't like when I do. No, so I don't like when on. you do that. That's that's what got me into this problem in the first place. All right, so uh, Akiva probably doesn't notice. I love this. I really appreciate the five-star reviews. I do. And it's really fun to search New Girl, and like when we get a lot of reviews, we like pop up earlier, so I monitor that. An and SEO one queen. thing that's pretty funny mm -hmm. is we're not the first hit when you search New Girl, but when you search Old Guy, we are. <laughs> so Wait, Old Guy podcast? Yeah, in podcasts, we just say old guy. We're number one, baby. All right, that, uh, that's Third in new girl, number one in old guy. All right, we're going to take over the, those other two people. Uh, we're going to crush them in SEO, and that's that's funny. That's good to know. Well, yeah, we were higher up when we get the surge of reviews, so it really means a lot to us. It helps these people who are apparently finding us, um, who have no idea what they're doing here and who we are, mm -hmm. and probably have only gotten a worse idea as the show has gone on. So thank you so much to Scott1382, Wheezy Fog, Rach Get It, Rach Gelt, sorry, not Get It, but that would be fun, Rach Gelt, Jat528, uh, Brian Scally, ugh, greatest guy jake r619 amy radford uh smith dallas logan adair doug riser gen jam 5118 zeal otm smart mouthed training hey me too mm. same of e and fdsakjnl semicolon so thank you guys it has really meant a lot these are funny too our audience is hilarious like they write really funny reviews you should uh, can you read one of them you should read them um, no, oh, one favorite. thing, I, there was a couple things I really liked. I'll, I'll read. Uh, so Smart Mouth and Training said, is there a lot of new girl talk here? Not really, but it's still the best way to spend an hour or two. You'll feel like you're hanging out with friends who might also be watching a show you like. I think that's pretty accurate. That's pretty good. Oh, they said we're um, friends. That's exciting. 
Were we their friends, like not it. each other's friends? Said it, it feels oh, like okay, it. Okay, fine. The, um, the series finale is going to be Allie dropping the f bomb. It's going to be. It's going to be very exciting. Uh. So, yeah, so a lot of people wrote good things, but that I'll just read that one. Uh, thank you to everyone, though. If you want, uh, you can go to anchor.fm slash newgirloldguy. We're always improving. Now, I said last time uh, the iTunes didn't show up on that website to link to it, but it does now. I figured out how to do that. We're available on Google Podcasts. We're available on Spotify. So tell your friends they have, like, 20 more episodes or so to get in on the ground floor before we shut the podcast off to new listeners. Um, Akiva, okay, so I'm going to tell you next week we'll be back okay. to talk about season one, episode four, Naked. Ooh. Do you have a guess as to what Naked is about? Uh, product placement from the juice. Naked juice. No. Um, I think, okay, I'm going to make a guess here. It's like a Laura and Urkel situation that, um, Jess, I'm, I'm thinking if it's maybe Cece. Like someone sees, but Cece doesn't live there. I don't know. Jess and one of the guys see each other naked. That's my guess. In a sexual contest? No, no, no. They like, no, they share context. like a giant bathroom. So they got it. The got same it. way Urkel oh, and Laura rendezvous. did. Bathroom accidentally. One's go- walking into the shower when the other one's coming out or something. All right. Let's see if Akiva might get a job as a TV writer. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you can check me out on my favorite podcast, the 32 Fans Patreon podcast. <laughs> uh, Jared Jerome, uh, Alex Chester, and myself uh, no Kiwi. got together to do another. Sorry? No me. What? I'm no you. You're always invited, but never available. Mm-hmm. And um, this is funny. Dan Sinensky just wrote to us, have you ever been used or used a fake date to make someone jealous? We already discussed that, Dan, so right on track. Thank you for your questions. Mm-hmm. Um so we talked about uh, our, th- our third section of Seinfeld quotes, and honestly, it's the most fun I've ever had in a podcast, present mm. company included. Oh, wow. Uh, so you could check that out. Otherwise, I'm around. Yeah, that's like, At Lash Tweets. That's a passion project for you. This is your job. Neither is my job. Um, and uh, yeah, okay. I, I'm on Rob and Akiva Need a Podcast every week, episode 99 this week. Where, uh, what do you like better as a name? The Great Debate or Debate of the Century? We're well, it's funny. It's, I'm an anti-Renap. I'm, don't this start is an with anti-Renap this. podcast. No, don't start with this. <laughs> um, but uh, what do you think is better? What's a better name? You know, Say it again. I love, I'm a big AJ a- a- Norris stan. Yeah. Is he going to be on? Yeah, it's his idea. Yeah, he's going to be on. All right, then I'll listen. So what, what's it called? Either The Great Debate or Debate of the Century. The Great Debate. He wanted uh, like master debate or whatever, but I figured like I don't know, yeah. we don't need. I don't need like the that. debate of the century is like, what is that? The Scopes it, trial. We're not even we're not even close to far enough into the century. To I like point. like locking in now, like what the best. Like this could be the best podcast of the whole century. Like I like locking I in now, what the top. Like Mike Trout, baseball player. He's the best baseball player of the twenty first century. It's locked in already. All right. I told you I had to be off after an hour. It's now been an hour and a half. So let's wrap it up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could also follow you at Kiev twenty six, mm-hmm. and you're breaking down thirty two football teams in thirty two days on the namesake thirty two fans. Oh you're, yeah, you're doing the namesake podcast finally. Yes, the reason for the season. Okay. Uh, so with that, we will be back. Uh, Goggers that we decided to spell capital G O G lowercase G E R. S. Mm-hmm. Is that what you decided? I think we're good with that, yeah. All right, whatever. We don't care. We're just happy you're here. Yep. Uh, we will be back next week for episode four, uh, Naked. And See afraid. you then. <laughs>